don't know. We're not all you. <laughs> like You keep saying that, and yet... <laughs> it's not a thing I would say. It's Encyclopedia Brunch. My name is Tim Dobbs. With me, as ever, through the internet, is Catherine Kogert. Hey, so lovely to be here. Your pal, your your podcast companion, your lady friend who you talk to about all kinds of topics on the internet, uh, and the listener's best friend of all time. Oh, wow. It's me, Catherine Kogert. You really, uh, it's quite the title you've given yourself. <laughs> I think that you should dress for the job you want, and mm-hmm. this is a an audio an auditory platform. Right. So I'm speaking for the job I want. Right. You're audio dressing. Yeah, that's right. I'm coming for all of your best friends. Oh whoa! This got so hot so fast. <laughs> Ooh, someone turned the temperature up on this podcast, wherein Catherine hunts down and murders the best friends of all the listeners. The most dangerous game, best friends. <laughs> That's true. It is It is more dangerous than just man as a whole, right? Because there's an yeah. emotional component. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's really what that, uh, that whatever retired Chechen general was missing in that short story about the most dangerous game. He didn't understand the emotional component. Didn't understand the emotional component, mm. no. Uh, I don't know. I felt like he was a serial killer who had gotten tired and was just waiting to get caught, you know? Oh, yeah. He was... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Started I, to make mistakes on purpose. Mm-hmm. Just, just to keep it interesting. Maybe he did understand yeah. the emotional component. Yeah. 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 Well, like so many retired uh, British generals, um, we're talking today on our podcast about tonic water, the thing that retired British generals may drink in colonial India. And why? Why in colonial India of all places? Well, I mean, a retired British general who didn't grow up there doesn't have the antibodies that many of the local indigenous people would have. Mm-hmm. Why would he drink tonic water? Uh, well, first, I want to be clear. They may also do it on their murder island where they hunt the most dangerous game, a man that well, they've become emotionally entangled with. Wait, you think there's a, a romantic component there? Oh, uh, I mean, I think that's a story waiting to be told for sure. Uh, kind of a basic instinct thing. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a little beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Sharon Stone shifts her legs seductively, takes a sip of her gin and tonic, and we're off. Um, so the reason that uh, someone uh, uh, like in colonial India, say, might drink uh, tonic water is that uh, it is born out of quinine, which is an anti-malarial drug. Malarial, malaria, very common in... Uh, the tropics of this world, unfortunately. It's a horrible disease. Um, it's mosquitoes, right? Mosquitoes are a common vector for mo- the malaria parasite. Um, okay. Because it's, oh, it's a parasite. Via blood. It is. Um, huh. And uh, yeah. And so mosquitoes can transfer it via blood. And so, you know, mosquitoes just going around doing their thing, biting people. I mean, also awful, but, um, you know, brought to another level when they happen to bite something that has malaria and then they transfer that malaria. What a big old jerk. So it's a blood transfer thing. Uh, pretty much. Um, so actually quite hard to get malaria unless you have something that's basically a, a needle with wings. 
I mean, unfortunately, this world does have that thing. Ah, uh, uh, what a horrible world we live in. Worst of all possible worlds. Okay, so this is, I feel like this is come going to come off as alarmist, but it's really just curious. Mm-hmm. And I know you won't know the answer, but here we are. Right. If a mosquito bites someone with AIDS, uh-huh. it doesn't, it wouldn't transfer that way, would it? I don't think so, but I'm not remembering my uh, AIDS uh, epidemiology. Um, huh. Well, this has been musings of things we don't <laughs> know the answer to. I, I believe I remember hearing something at some point about uh, it can't transfer that way because the uh, AIDS virus degrades um, in like a mosquito environment. Uh, oh. But I don't know. Uh, let's check the show notes. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Oh, okay. I really don't want to spread misinformation about this. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, the let's see uh, the Plasmodium falciparum um, is a, a protozoa that causes uh, malaria in humans, um, and we treat that like a parasite. However, its ability to dissolve and metabolize hemoglobin uh, can be disrupted with quinine. Or at least that is one theory. As with many uh, tools we have to make ourselves healthy, we don't totally know how it works. We just have some <laughs> ideas. Oh, man, but for sure. Okay, I have so many thoughts right now. First of all, it is crazy cool that malaria works by dissolving your blood, basically. Uh, What? If it's dissolving hemoglobin? Yeah, okay. So I'm not actually clear whether it's dissolving your blood or... No, I guess you're right. I guess it must be because it's not like a protozoa would have hemoglobin. I don't think. Boy, we really, we really, really early on went straight into a bunch of stuff I don't know a lot about. <laughs> well, we're gonna start heavy and we're gonna bring it back. Mm-hmm. Bring it on back because I was also struck um, when I started taking medication for my ADD. I tried to ask my doctor, okay, so like, how does this work? Um, and then he's like, really quick, he's just like, oh, just one second. And he looks it up in his little, like, doctor internet reference guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, it says mechanism not listed. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I was like, awesome. I will continue to put this in my body, I guess. I mean, I don't know. That's just true of so many of the things. I mean, like, you know, human biology is really complicated. Um, and we... In a lot of ways, it's it's a celebration of empiricism. Come with me on this journey of empiricism where we go, well, it works. Don't ask questions. Ah, uh, yes, the land of empiricism. Welcome aboard our moving monorail tour. You can see through the left window that we are just uh, finding out fire good, fire good. We don't know why, but we sure like eating this food with fire. That's right, empiricism. Working with you since caveman times. Oh, I love the tour of empiricism. <laughs> we should ride that yeah, ride again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's uh, in Shrugland in Disneyland. Shrug, oh, like, meh, meh, works. I don't know, I guess so. <laughs> it's got one of those big banners over the main street, just as I guess so. <laughs> yeah, the, the banner is like someone's arms shrugging. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's uh, there's something, there is a beauty to that. Um, I mean, it like, uh, you know, has led us to uh, be able to be safe from malaria, right? Is that like, well, uh, this thing works, we should just kind of stick with. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And mm. if you can't fix it, don't break it. If you can't fix it, don't break it. That's fair. Uh, how does that apply to this situation? I always felt like that was a really unhelpful part of that song. It, because if you've already broken it, like, this is not meaningful right now. This is the part I'm going to skip. Yeah, yeah, this is the part in the user manual that I'm going to skip and then regret skipping later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the whole problem. It's hard to know what you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So... A thing that was broken uh, that they tried to fix, uh, actually, that um, quinine is uh, helpful for, is uh, people with malaria during uh, the uh, British Raj. Uh, is that right? God, this is so bad. During, like, peak Br- British colonialism in India, I, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of malaria going around because there's a lot of local people who don't have any real defense mechanism against this malaria parasite. Uh, and they're, I guess, adverse to dying, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I imagine they're going to want tonic water, right? Yeah. Uh, you're talking about the locals. Uh, I, I don't know. What's their, like, because the British brought the quinine to India, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, because uh, it was discovered in the New World um, from a bark uh, that, somewhere in the New World, and it was discovered by the Spanish, and they brought it over, okay. uh, and they were like, hey, turns out this thing is really helpful with a bunch of different uh, ills that we have. Also, it balances the humors. <laughs> basically, that's what's going on. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, and then, uh, so it turned out, like, I, I imagine there were some tropical diseases um in the new world as well and uh so it kind of became a thing they're like "Eh, why don't we bring this to india that could be helpful so 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 it was brought over um i don't know whether the uh locals uh, in india what they were doing to ward off malaria i don't know i i wonder if there's just like um I mean, it's not an antibody that you have because it's a parasite. You don't have antibodies for parasites. You have antibodies for bacterial infections. Yeah, I I know that uh, some people in uh, some parts of the world uh, that have uh, malaria issues, so like places near the equator, uh, have a higher genetic likelihood of having sickle cell anemia, which is where um, some great proportion, some greater proportion of your blood cells are sort of sickle shaped. And that is because the uh, malaria parasite can't can't operate in an environment like that. Um, oh, it can't dissolve your funky shaped uh, hemoglobin. Yeah, your funky coal hemoglobin. Um, <laughs> and uh, bow, bow. And so so that's like a natural defense. And then th- there's this kind of issue in, in our modern world where it's just like, well, yeah, but if you have too many sickle cell uh, blood blood cells, uh, that's also bad for you. Um, but I think uh, it has been proposed that this is a common thing uh, because, you know, it helps defend against malaria. So it's possible that uh, people yeah. who, um, you know, have a long family histories there uh, have, have this genetic uh, change. Uh, yeah. Maybe that was a defense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, natural selection happens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay. So what's interesting is... Yeah, it's interesting. Natural selection can happen even just over a generation. Um, because there's all these... I had heard once, I think in an adult, in like a like a health class at high school. An adult health class? Well, it was not a children's health class. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't washed behind your ears. Okay, noted. It wasn't brush your teeth. Uh... It was uh, 
there was one thing in there like, oh, women's hips got like so much narrower in like the span of 50 years since C-sections were like perfected. What? Is that real? Yeah, I think since um uh wow, well, what's it called? Uh um oh, penicillin? Mhm. Okay, so they invent penicillin and so if you get a C-section, you're much less likely to die. Uh, uh yeah, okay. After a, after a C-section cuz like if you get an infection, they're like, "Okay, just take this and you'll be fine." Um so within 50 years, that had a huge impact on just like the shape of women's hips. <laughs> right. Because normally if you had narrow hips, that would mean that your childbirth would likely to have more You would just die and probably the baby would die too. Right. Uh, that's interesting. I wonder if we can find a source for that. Um, because that's like, that seems so nutty to think that just like, oh yeah, 100 years ago, women's hips were way broader. Because like, they're already, I mean, you know, speaking as a guy who does not have terribly broad hips, uh, you know. <laughs> They seem pretty broad to me. <laughs> I mean, I think it's not like like the extremes are there are still there, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the broad the broadest hips, I don't think would have gotten any broader, right? Uh, but there are more narrow hipped women as well. I see. Well, yeah, I say give the narrow hip ladies a chance. Yeah, yeah, we can do there's it. There's room for all hips of all sizes here in in Obama's here in, America. Here in where where are we going? <laughs> I went political with it. Let's go. Let's get out of the segment. <laughs> All right. I don't like it. <laughs> Back in a moment, talking about quinine, believe it or not. No, tonic water. Wait. Oh, no. It's like a PD brunch. Hello? talking about tonic water that delicious fizzy medicine fizzy fizzy medicine um so Catherine, mm-hmm. we got this uh ground up bark that is gonna protect you from malaria um it's impossibly bitter will you take it uh impossibly bitter i yeah sure i mean because i'm gonna i'm gonna get crunk while i take it are you right well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some gin in here. I'm gonna put some seltzer in this quinine, and I'm gonna put some gin in here, and it's gonna be great. Mm, sounds pretty bitter. Uh, Maybe some lime too. Oh yeah, take some of the edge off. Right. Um, what? Uh, uh, I just feel like we're not fixing. I listen. I know you're a sub taster. You like the bitter. You like the the tangy. Um, yeah. But like, yeah. you know, what, what about some of our uh, the the less broad tasting let's say uh people in in this the british east india company um what can we do for them like how do we make this palatable we got quinine this white powder we put some seltzer water in because like fizz is fun you know um yeah and you know we just need to dissolve it in something and then gin because like eh, it's been a long day and a little bit of lemon we're still missing something 
seltzer. Mm, already said that. Oh, sorry. I was reading about uh, hip wideness. Just to really close the loop on that. Okay. It's uh, the cases. So 30 in a thousand cases um, historically occurred where the baby could not physically fit down the birth canal. Mm. Um, and they estimate that that has since increased to 36 cases in a thousand. So a very slight increase. But still notable. Yeah, it's still something. I mean, that's not yeah. quite on the level of uh, those moths that uh, changed their normal color from white to black during the Industrial Revolution in England. So cool. Yeah. Evolution. Kind of interesting. Only kind of. Kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm not ready to commit. Is that the name of your textbook on evolution? <laughs> I think that sounds a lot less uh, scary. <laughs> yeah, give it a shot. Think I about it. I don't know. That's kind of interesting. It's not my favorite thing to talk about. Mm. I, in my mind, in this textbook, you often digress and start talking about hot dog condiments. Really? Yeah. Hot... You, that's what you're more interested in? <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was a secret pitch to try to get my publisher to publish this whole thing about like relish versus Your mustard. relish recipes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of things you put on something to make it taste better, come on, come on. We got all the ingredients. We're still missing one thing in a, in a nice okay. gin and tonic. So we have quinine. Uh huh. We have lime. Yep. We have gin. Uh huh. We have seltzer. Uh huh. Do you do you know at home? Do you know? Uh, an adorable crystal glass and a stuffy person with a mustache <laughs> and a safari hat. Doctor Livingston, I presume. Yes, and you presume incorrectly. Hello, I'm Tim. Oh, okay. You're a host on today's episode. Tim Livingston. Uh, nope, not my last name. Um. Oh. It's not important. Uh, right now, I'd like to talk to you about the extra ingredient in tonic water, which I had no idea about either. Um, okay. But one day, I was in the convenience store looking to buy some tonic for this bo nice bottle of gin I had at home. And uh, I noticed... Sugar? Yeah. I noticed that uh, Schweppes sells um, diet tonic water. And I was like, why? What? What is what needs to be dyed about that? And then I looked at regular tonic water, and it has, like, so much sugar in it. There is a ton of sugar in tonic water. Okay, okay. And it still tastes so bad. This is th – so this is why you add all the sugar, right? It's because, like, uh, quinine is really bitter. Like, I don't think you're getting the level – I don't think any of us are getting the level of how bitter this okay. stuff is. Like, so, take your earwax and multiply that by 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you're eating a lot of earwax, I think uh, maybe quinine's right for you. <laughs> um, you're a weird earwax golem. You might enjoy. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking at the uh, back of this. I'm looking at a photo of the back of this uh, Schweppes tonic water bottle. It is a 10 ounce bottle, and it has. Care to guess how many sugars? How many grams of sugar? Uh, 10 grams. Mm, keep going. Oh my God, 15. Ooh, a little short. Uh, 17. Maybe you need to think uh, in bigger jumps. Oh, 20? 27 grams of sugar. 27! I never would have gotten there. And that was a really boring game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's a lot of sugar. 10% um, of your daily uh, suggested value of carbohydrates. And, you know, of course, there's always uh, questions about the value of those percentages. But, like, 10% seems like an awful lot for a small bottle of tonic water. Yeah, seriously. And additionally, so the... Um, 
The amount of tonic water that uh, is used for therapeutic doses, so something for malaria, uh, would be in the range of 500 to 1,000 milligrams. And the FDA limits quinine content in uh, tonic water to 83 ppm, or uh, milligrams per liter. Um, Wow, and it's still so bitter. Exactly. And so, like, yeah, I totally get why there's just tons and tons of sugar in... um, in in tonic water because back in the day like if you were actually drinking this uh prophylactically then um Mm -hmm. yeah you would need a lot of sugar to handle this gross gross Mm. bark yeah this tincture Mm -hmm. uh so that was astounding to me this idea that like oh tonic water that's super it's like soda it's just like what if soda was like kind of (laughs) gross i mean og soda was very gross true so this is in that uh, that range, I guess. I mean, do you like yeah. do you like tonic water? Is this a, is this a thing you would drink? No. Oh, really? No, no. You're a fan, though, aren't you? I am. I you know, and and for years I was sitting there going like, it's funny. I think I just like drinking this. Like I was amazed that this thing that I thought of as just a mixer was like, oh, you know what? Even without the gin or without anything, like this is just tasty. I'm kind of into this. Um, yeah, well, you also like Moxie soda, so true. See our episode on Moxie, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it turns out. Oh, just like everyone else, I like sugar. <laughs> You're not special after all. Uh, I'm special in my own way. Thank you. And, and what way is that? Uh, in that. Oh, um, your third arm. Yeah. Sorry, I. I'm sorry. I always forget about that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh. I don't know how you forget about it. It's always just sort of like flailing about right above my head, kind of like doing well, stuff. When I see you, I see my friend Tim. I don't see your weird third arm because I care about you. And to me, you're just Tim. Oh, that's very sweet. Mm, yeah, I'm very sweet. Yeah. yeah. What a nice moment. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, my third <laughs> arm is uh, it's making little just like, oh, this is nice kind of kind of uh, things. Okay, let's just step back for a moment and think about how weird would it be if you just described what a body part was doing to someone? <laughs> oh, my second arm is okay. scratching my first arm because it has an itch. Follow-up question, which is your first arm and which is your second arm? Uh, I would say that my right arm is my first arm because I'm right-handed. Right. But if I'm ambidextrous... Right. Oh, yeah, you're ambidextrous. You're really against all those ambidextros. <laughs> It's just not fair. It's just not okay in our changing society. Yeah. Yeah. And now we want affirmative action for the ambidextrous? Mm-hmm. Ugh. I can't. <sighs> I just think, you know, they have those traditionally ambidextrous colleges or ambidextrous colleges. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's good, actually. I, I think uh, we should really open up um, no, it's, lots it's of different It's great that the ambidextrous can form communities, can support each other. Um, can be propped out, propped up, and advocated for right or left-handed people. Um, for by, excuse me, for um, by if and and other conjunctions. Uh. <laughs> uh. Anyway, you've made your point about conjunctions. I think. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just wondering, conjunction. What is your function mm. in this sentence? Yeah, I wonder too. Eh, what are you gonna do? There's no way to know. There's literally There's... no way to know. There's really no way to say. Yeah. There's really... Our greatest minds have considered this. Just, just cranking along. Our greatest our greatest artists and thinkers have mused. 
on the function of these conjunctions. The eternal question, conjunction, what is your function? Many people have laid at the junction of the conjunctions and thought about it, staring at the night sky, wondering about right. functions. The right unction. now, the little conductor conductor character that sings back in that in that schoolhouse rock song is like furious. <laughs> I freaking told you guys. He's like listening to his iPod and he's just throwing it across the room. Well, if you're the conductor from the Conjunction Junction episode of Schoolhouse Rock, write into us at encyclopediabrunch at gmail.com. What you up to? Your hate mail, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, so, do you ever drink uh, of a, a bitter lemon or a bitter lime? Have you had this? Is this a drink you're familiar with? No, but tell me more. Mm, right up your alley, huh? Um, mm, love that citrus. <laughs> It's the same thing. It's tonic water, but they flavor it with lemon or lime. So it's kind of like, what if 7-Up or Sprite was like a uh, tonic water as well? Oh, never mind. Not interested? No. Hmm. What do you, how, how would you say you do with bitter in general? Like, you... It's not my favorite. Hmm. But, okay. In, of the uh, six tastes I think we decided on. Um, it would be my least favorite. Yeah. Really? Okay. What's Rank your them. least favorite? Let's see. It's a sweet, salty, umami, bitter, uh, other. Um. Is savory? Savory is different from umami, right? Maybe. Yeah, I think it is. Um. Let's see. Of those, I don't know. I kind of like them all. I guess I just feel like. See, I don't dislike sweet, as noted. Um, but like, as just like a a you know any food that is just going for pure sweet. I'm like, mm, nah. Uh, whereas, like, if something was going for just, like, yeah, let's just, like, ratchet up that savory uh, or, like, that saltiness or something. Like, yeah, I can get into that. Okay. Okay. So maybe sweet, even though I feel like I... It, it's, like, last of a good series. Like, I like tasting things. Mm-hmm. I also like tasting things. Wow. Don't love bitter. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is like traditionally the like least liked one, right? Like the whole point is that it's telling you something's poisonous. Mostly, mostly, yeah. Mm. What's the bitterest Why thing those... you've ever what? drank? In? Oh, what is the bitterest thing I've ever? What's the bitterest drank? pill you've had to swallow? <laughs> Metaphorically, I don't uh, want to talk about real mortality. Pills. Oh yeah, that's tough. Ooh, tough one. Well, you know what makes that a little easier? A nice gin and tonic. Seems like it wouldn't being bitter. Yeah, <laughs> but let's true. talk about why. Uh, when we're back in a moment on Encyclopedia Brunch.
back on Encyclopedia Brunch talking about tonic water, that sweet, sweet, sweet calorific drink that maybe you didn't think was. Uh, so I have a question about tonic water. Okay. And well, really, I have a question about gin and tonic specifically. Go ahead. Which of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons do you think is a gin and tonic go-to? Oh, uh, Snagglepuss. You think Snagglepuss? He strikes me as more of like a Cosmo or maybe a Manhattan. Maybe. I mean, so uh, follow, uh, if, if you'll come with me on this journey, I've got, I've got a bit of a yeah, snaking no, I'm, connections. I'm already in the driver's seat here. Oh. Okay, go ahead then. But you know, feel free to feel free to like direct me where to where to go. Sure. So yeah, uh, as you know, uh, Snagglepuss heavily based on sixties and seventies TV personality Paul Lind, don't you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, much of his thing was sort of just being a sort of a public drunken bon vivant, right? Yeah. Um, this was the age of television in which there were just many game shows where it was like, let's just get likable celebrities on, let them get drunk all day, and then just interact. And then, a like, lot like the modern podcast. <laughs> very much so. Uh, and these just had slightly bigger budgets because, like, you know, eh, we'll give, you know, $5,000 away to some, like, you know, housewife from Missoula. Um, mm -hmm. Ever been to Missoula? It's very nice. Never been to Missoula. You have to go to Missoula. Oh, my God. That's in the springtime. Lovely. There's so many housewives. <laughs> How desperate are they? <laughs> it's not important. Okay. Uh <laughs> Okay, yes, but this is why I'm thinking more of a Manhattan than a gin and tonic. Right, but stay with me here. Um, okay. So, Poland, uh, you know, and all those, the, the problem with a Manhattan um, is that, or really a Cosmo, any any kind of like stemmed uh, glass drink that is uh, served up, that is shaken over ice and then the ice is strained off, um, mm -hmm. it's kind of spillable, right? Like, yes, it's a very, uh, it's it's a very strong drink. Like, it's certainly a drunk drink. Like, don't get me wrong. But um, easy to spill, and uh, you can't really sip on them all day. Like if you're recording, conical martini glasses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're top heavy. They're extremely top heavy to the point where the heaviest point is also the top of it. It's the very yes. top part. Yes. Um, <laughs> and Topest heavy, maybe. Topest? And I'm not talking about a delicious Greek bar. <laughs> uh, Topest? Is that even Spanish? No, top est. Top est. Oh, I don't know what you're T -O -P -E doing. T O P E est. Uh huh. E est. You certainly have spelled something. <laughs> T O P E S T. Mm -hmm. Heavy. Top est heavy. Okay. Yeah, it's top est heavy. I don't think I know this thing you're talking about. I've just made it up here. Uh huh. But and you're be... not going on the journey with me. It... And I just feel like it's a little bit rude because I went on your Snagglepuss journey with you. And I just wanted to stop to look at the world's biggest ball of yarn and invent this word topist. <laughs> and you're like, no, nope, I'm staying in the car. <laughs> you're right. I, I truly was very grumpy on this road trip and was too busy talking about when are we going to get to Missoula? We said we'd be there by eight. I'm going to see Paul Lynn. <laughs> um. You're right. I should I should have come out. I just I was confused. So like I would actually really appreciate it now. Now that we've talked it out, um, and I you know I have apologized. I sorry. That's not a way to apologize. What I'm trying to say is, <laughs> it's a good catch, <laughs> Catherine. I do apologize. I wish I came on this journey with you. Um, I will try to do better in the future. I would like now if we could just sort of map out what happened because I'm actually still confused. Top est? Well, we are lost here. We got lost on our way to Missoula. Yeah. 
just unfolding all these maps and took a left turn in Albuquerque. <laughs> Uh, yeah, top S. So the martini glass, yeah. it's not top heavy, it's top S heavy. It is the most top heavy. Yeah. It's, it's Sorry, it, it's heavy in the topmost part. Yeah. Okay. Top S heavy. How is this related to a Greek bar? Because it's like tapas. Yes, okay. Tapas. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Spanish, right? Tapas are a Spanish oh, thing. Oh, it's Spanish. You're right. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Oh, you now we've all learned things. This is a real Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Like, we've really oh, worked man. through a lot of it's things. A real, it's a real buddy road movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. We, yeah, we've really all come full circle here. Learned a lot. Now let's go meet Colin. What I'm saying is, now that we're here in beautiful Missoula, watching another <laughs> filming of Hollywood Match Game uh, from the 60s, is... um. I think if you're going to day drink in, like, a lengthy sort of way, like, make no mistake, those people got real, real drunk. Um, but, uh... Telling people to make no mistake, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> no mistakes. That's it. This is it. We cannot afford any mistakes right now. This is what we train for, people. This is what we train for. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty drunk. Um, but, like, they had to do this, you know, a fair bit and remain fairly functional. Like, they weren't fallover drunk. Um, and so I no, think... If they were beat their wife drunk. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I think... Uh, yes. Um, sorry, if we could just take a quick moment to, as a podcast, say that we disapprove of violence against anyone. But, uh, you know, it's especially virulent against uh, women in domestic situations. Is that good? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's uh, as a podcast, can we advocate for using your words? Yeah. Use your words. Uh, <laughs> it's actually, you know, in a lot of ways that secretly benefits us, right? Because we're such a word based <laughs> medium. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, well, I'm glad we're getting something out of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, never do public service messages Always. unless you get something. <laughs> Always look out for number one. Mm-hmm. That's our public service message. This really got a little tangled. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. I really think if you're going to day drink at a job, you're going to want a gin and tonic because um, it's still a drunk drink. Like, you know what? It's not super sugary. It's not. Well, it, it is quite sugary. It doesn't taste Turns super out. sugary. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, it uh, might help with the shakes. Um, and um, <laughs> And you're not going to get malaria. Yeah, and you can cut it a lot of different ways. Like, you can just, like, have a fair bit of tonic in there. Um, And, like, it's also very refreshing. So, like, when you're thirsty, you can take a sip. You don't really want, like, if you're going to have a Manhattan, say, like, that's Mm -hmm. quite a strong, uh, almost syrupy drink. Um, Right. Just uh, there's a lot going on there. So, like, you probably want a glass of water, too. With a gin and tonic, you could just sit around with that all day. And then, and then you get a glass of water eventually as your ice melts. Right, exactly. It turns into it. This is actually, uh, are you ready for uh, a Tim cocktail secret? Oh, yeah. Please give me Tim cocktail secret. Tim Dobbs, who never gets hangovers. <laughs> oh, shush. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing, I t- first off, cocktail secrets are not necessarily about not getting hangovers. They're about enjoying uh, your life. It seems like it's about to be, though. Uh, not really. It's more just about, like, if I'm a... Uh, if I'm at home enjoying myself a nice gin and tonic, um, what I'll do is, uh, pour it, you know, fairly strong. And then, um, as I go along, I might just add a little more tonic as I go to make a weaker and weaker, um, uh, cocktail. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. See, I think that this is a great way if you are uh, basically a reality star being a, a celebrity on this stupid game show. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great way to like meter yourself out. Yeah. You know, and you still kind of get to, to sip like, on oh, something. I'm starting to get the shakes again. Let's <laughs> add some gin. Um, feeling a little I got a got a course correct here. Add some tonic. Well, so incidentally, just about the shakes, uh, one uh, indication for quinine still used today is for restless leg syndrome or leg cramps. Huh. Yeah. Um, there are suggestions that uh, maybe there's uh, better ways to do it. The FDA cautions against using off-label quinine drugs. drugs. But right. um, but yeah, that is one uh, one thing that is still used for. Malaria, we uh, tend to use um, other treatments. Um, I found yeah, a... that one thing that gives you crazy dreams. Yeah. Um, I don't know which thing that is, but yeah, I find that horrifying. Yeah, did you take that one? Uh, I did. Um, I only once. Um, did I take a course of that and had no dreams? But um, oh, that's good. Yeah, still scares me. Don't trust your brain. Nope, never. It's very unreliable. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just uh, just as this podcast has proven out, um, eh, sort of reliable. Very I don't unreliable. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Anything else to say about tonic water? Uh, this is a really fun road trip. I think we should do it again next summer. <laughs> next summer when we tour another wild and crazy mixer. Yeah, drop a cliffhanger for the sequel. <laughs> next summer. Well, I guess we'll see all of you then. Uh, get your mixers ready. Find your uh, booze of choice. Have some fun yeah, with it. Yeah, uh, pick out your 60s or 70s celebrity you want to go meet. <laughs> Until then, that's Catherine Cogart over there. Tim Dobbs right over here. Bye. Bye.